0: Isn't it sad? And I'm sure you guys see it all the time in your business. How many people put a timeline on success? When was the last time somebody put a timeline on being broke? You know, you talk to a guy in his 40s, yeah, obviously not happy, obviously wants to level up, obviously not making enough money. He will like, okay, I'm gonna give him all my effort for three months. Yeah. Yep. And if it doesn't oh, yeah. work, it's like, <laughs> dude, you've invested 40 years into being broke, and that's cool. No timeline there. It's an indefinite all in 80 hours a week effort. Real business and real business.
1: Whatever your situation
2: is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what Real Business Owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from.
1: Where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose.
2: You want to be an entrepreneur? You
1: want to be successful? Don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Business Owners podcast, and you guys, Just as a value add, first of all, I want to start off with this. We created a text hotline just to add value to you guys as listeners. Uh, Write this down. It's 435-515-3577. Um, just to be a resource for you guys. We know as business owners, a lot of times people have questions. As you guys know, we own easier accounting. So if you guys have questions to do anything to do with your taxes, shoot us a text. We're quick to respond. If you need an appointment, you need to dive deep into something, we're here for you. Or even it's just a quick question. It's no obligation at all. Shoot us a text. We just want to add value to you. Um, but you guys, today we have a really exciting episode. As always, you've got myself, Kel Goodman, and you've got Trevor Cowley. Yeah,
1: buddy. I'm excited for today. Yeah. That's- me
2: for too. Certain. We've yeah. got um, literally a legend in the real estate game. His name's Peter Vexelman. And I said that right, right? I've been saying that Perfect. the whole time. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. We've had some great calls. We got connected recently and. Um, I can't wait to jump into your story, Peter, yeah. and learn a little bit more about your your entire journey. And I know we can't cover it all today, but I know we usually like to go back. But I was so impressed with your structure of your, of your partner driven that I do want to talk a little bit about that right up front at the beginning of the show because I thought it was so cool. There's so many yeah. coaches and mentors and different programs in real estate. And as we know, some of them can be bogus. You oh, know yeah. oh, and yeah. then there's some great ones, but Peter's structure is super cool. Super and so I wanted cool. him to kind of touch on that right up front. And, uh, and then obviously we'll go back a little bit about how you got to where you're at today. Well, so it just
1: makes it, you know, at any time that somebody's in, you know, the same industry or the same game as a lot of people, you know, you have to do something just a little bit different to stand out. You know, and when Kel told me some of the stuff that you're doing, I'm like, oh, man, that's really cool. That's unique. And that's different. He's an individual that puts his money where his mouth is. Right. And like backs up what he says he's doing. And so that's what's unique about Peter is this. Anyway, I'm going to let you talk about it because this is your business and your baby. But (laughs) I was super impressed about it when Kel shared that with me. Thank um, you.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say this: I've never met cool accountants before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just just to be clear, we're not accountants. We hire the accountants. Okay, we, I got you know, it. So, well, then, so you, st- then I, then don't, I don't. I I don't cool yeah, I was going to say. I don't mean to disappoint you.
1: So I'm never but. met anyone cool in
0: the accounting industry. Yeah. How about there that? you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that. One. No. I, well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me here. Yeah. Uh, I really do. Um, but, you know, even if you look at something like an accounting world, right, you know, and let's say you guys had 100 clients, and, and let's say 95 of those clients uh, didn't have their taxes done right, you guys wouldn't be in business, right? right. You know, let's say you went to a hospital, and uh, out of 100 patients, 95 died, You that hospital would be out of business. You went to a grocery <laughs> store, 100 people walk in, and, you know, only five make it out alive, that store wouldn't be around, but the sad reality is that's the industry I'm in. It's right. got about a 3 to 5% success rate. Wow. And nobody talks about it. I'm sure you've had real estate guys on here. Nobody would start out by saying, you know, I'm in an industry that probably has, imagine, you know, imagine Elon rate. Musk yeah. launching rockets and 95% of us people die. Who, who mm. would go on those rockets? <laughs> exactly. But that is the reality of the industry I'm in. Again, it's one of those things that nobody talks about. We accept it. It's yeah. an ugly truth. It's I an guess. ugly truth. Yeah. And, and we just kind of roll with it to a certain degree. The gurus of this, of, of the industry I'm in kind of say, well, hey, I do what I'm supposed to do. I know this business. I, I teach everything. They just, they don't want it bad enough. They but don't do, work do you, hard know, enough. you
1: know what my first thought is when you say that is, is as long as you have the right ingredients and the right tools, the majority of people are going to quit and give up, right? Because only three to 5%. So Yes, it could be a scary statistic for a lot of people. For me, that's somewhat exciting because it looks as though that most of the competition won't outlast what they need to outlast in order to see the success in that industry or in that well, game. And, right? and, that,
0: and that is very true. But the reality of it, if you just look at it from a competition, it's still full of people. I mean, think oh, about yeah. this: everybody, w- everybody in the U.S. wants to do two things. They even want to make it in the stock market and they yeah. want to make it in real estate. And you know, and you hear this all so the time, true. people talk about like all the money's made in real estate. Well, there's a there's a lot of money made, made in real estate by few people. Right. Really, <laughs> that's the reality yeah. of the situation. And so, you know, you know, you brought up partner driven what I do, we we that problem. As yeah. far as I know, we're the only company out there that solves uh, only real estate investment company that solves this problem of of this abysmal success rate. And and here's the problem with our industry. Here's why it exists that that we have such a low success rate. It's a very unorganized industry. Yeah. You know, it is very unregulated industry and it is a very dislocated industry. And so what happens is this, you have to piecemeal it. Just imagine if I had to get my taxes done and I went to you guys to get my ledgers. Mm. I went to this other accounting firm to put the numbers together. Mm -hmm. I went to this other accounting firm to get my PL. But that's all they do. I have to go somewhere else to get for a balance a tax sheet. plan it, and over
1: here for it, this. It wouldn't that, work. Yeah, right. It
0: just wouldn't work. It's like having an assembly line of cars, but the assembly line does not happen to be in the same building. doesn't mm. work. But that's exactly what happens in our investment industry. Right. So what happens to an average investor when they want to become successful in this business, here's what happens. Number one, the first thing is, just like in any industry, you have to know what you're doing, yeah. right? So they go to the gurus of the world, right? And I'm sure you guys have had some of them on and they get their training. And by the way, there's some incredible training incredible Absolutely. information out there. And then they start going out there and they get into the implementation mode. So what happens when you get an implementation? mode? you start realizing, okay, this is what they taught me. So I gotta, I gotta find a deal, right? Yeah. So if I find a deal, I gotta do some marketing. Well, let me do this. Let me just Google of some marketing things that I could do. And there's, no, you know, endless Google pages market, of real estate on how to's right thousands yeah, yeah. of ways to generate leads of finding deals. So you know, I as an investor look at one and I'm like, Okay, I can afford it seems pretty good. This will give me some leads. Okay, boom, 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 I got that. Then these leads start coming in, I'm realizing, Oh, I'm an engineer, I've never really talked, I've never negotiated. But now I got them talking to these people. It's kind of a cold conversation. I got okay. Let me figure out how to how there's to. There's an talk. art form too. Well, there's it. an art form. So yeah. let me figure out how to negotiate. Let me figure out how to talk to these sellers. And, and and then what I'm are like, the right well, the ask. right questions to ask. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, now I'm starting to get some stuff coming in. How do I know if it's the right stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a thousand apps out there. Let me go figure out which app to get to pull information and how I can get. Well, let's get this app. And then let's say I get that far, and I'm realizing, oh my goodness. I got to like, I'm putting this deal together. I got to close this deal. Okay, let me find somebody that could close this thing for me. So I'll get another random contact, another random connection. Yeah. And then you're like, well, gosh, it's a $200,000 house. I need them. Well, obviously, everybody, I've, I learned from the guru. I, I All I have to do is just Google hard money lender. So I Google my local <laughs> hard money lender. <laughs> and before you know it, he's going to make more money than I will on this deal. I'm going to yeah. put all the effort in. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to get the wrong terms, the wrong rate, everything. And then I get into the abysmal part of this business called rehab. Right, yeah. this is where all guys like me lose our money. This is what made me homeless, by the way, a couple of years, uh, twenty-two years ago. And so I hire a local contractor. As he's talking to me, he sees the word "newbie idiot" on me, <laughs> and so he's taking. He's gonna. He's gonna play. He's me milking t- you. He's gonna milk me. He knows how to play me. He knows how to give the wrong bid to me. He knows how to underprice everything. And so or tell you, oh this problem happened. It's now going to be X halfway through. There's 30,000 ways of playing newbies. So he's going to play me. And then finally, I'm going to get to the end of this whole thing. And I'm like, I just got to get out. And so I'm going to hire the wrong realtor, of course, because he's going to tell me how much he could sell it for. And he's not going to tell me what the reality is. And when I'm done, (laughs) as long as I'm still standing, I'm just glad I'm out of this business. And that's what happens to an average real estate Mm. investor. Bottom line is you can't piecemeal, right? You know, it's like putting it's like going back to it's like going to any large city and saying, okay, let's put together a Rolls Royce. But how we're going to do this is we're going to go to all the junkyards in the city. We're going to get all the Piece pieces of together. cars and put together a Rolls Royce. It's not going to work. But that is exactly what happens to an average real estate investor. You cannot piecemeal it. Because not only there's are there, you know, I just hit the major parts. There's 20 other parts to the business the problem is within each one of these parts let's say you take the marketing part right yeah. well, there's a thousand marketing things how do i know which one is the right mm. one which one's the wrong one so i'm probably going to make a wrong decision so bottom line is it just doesn't work and that's what we solved at partner driven yeah at partner driven we bring everything under one roof mm. we put we put we we make it a seamless transaction so at partner driven when people partner with me and do real estate deals and we've done thousands of yeah. them um, everything is under one roof. So we're gonna coach you and train you. We're gonna spend money right where you live in Utah and we're gonna actually generate leads for you because we know the kind of opportunities work, what kind of marketing works, mm-hmm. and we're gonna generate the right opportunities for you. Uh we're gonna give you the right technology because right. you gotta make decisions. We have the latest and the greatest technology. We know it works, we're gonna give it to you. Our back office is going to be your back office. Mm. means we're going to do the contracts for you. We're going to do inspections for you. The title. The title. We're going to coordinate buyers, sellers, all of that. Um, Our construction outfit is going to help you fix that property. Uh, Our team of realtors is going to help you sell it. And when we're done, we're going to split the profits 50-50. And so here's the magic question. Well, Pete, how do I know that your roof is the right roof? I'm going to do one thing no one else is going to do. I'm going to give you the money to do the deals. Yeah. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to yeah. back you financially. So when we partner, you don't have to spend a dollar on deals. Jeez. I'm going to I'm going to put it all up. So how do you know that our roof is the right roof? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put my money where I'm going to take is. the risk with you. You I mean yeah. there's like so many By the things. way, I ain't taking I'm yeah. assuming all the risk. Exactly. If something goes wrong, yeah. it's on me. Mm. And by the way, after 3600 deals of doing this, Every once in a while, things still go wrong. Last yeah. year, there was a deal that went wrong. I lost. We lost $110,000. Yeah. I stroked the check at the end of the, of the, end of the deal for $110,000. Yeah. So not only do my partners get all the upside, we eliminate all the downside.
2: Yeah. Mm. You're obviously creating a ton of um, people out there that are just like hunting the right deals because you've given them that knowledge. But then you're like, hey, let's do business together. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Um, but I do notice that... Um, you know take all like for example these dumb for you Amazon stores or things like that not that they're all bad but i always ask these questions to these guys when they hit me up i'm like well then why don't you just create a bunch more stores? You know what I mean? They're like, well, you know, they have all these things. And it's like, that's kind of how you identify mm-hmm. if it's like kind of a scam, right? Yeah. It's like, well, we just want you to take all the risk. And if it works, then cool, we're going to share the profit. But if you're actually...
0: You're the one that's out. Yeah, you're actually
2: yeah. taking majority of the risk with your people, plus training them, plus... Anyway, I just thought that was brilliant. Well, so,
0: but but but, <clears> but <throat> let's go ahead and ask me that question. Yeah. Because that is a reality. Right. Why would we not just do it all ourselves? One very basic reason, um, real estate is a local business. Yeah. Um, mm. In order to really, really dominate in a market, you need to have boots on the ground. Mm. You need to have presence. Yeah. So bottom line is this. It's not a one-way street. I need my partners. My partners become the boots on the ground. Right. My partners give us the the, the bird's eye view. Yeah. Our, our partners you know, give us the ability well, to have market presence. Well, you get to do presence. tons more deals, and they win and you win. Right. Because
1: you've that's got right. how many eyes and ears out there in the world exactly seeking right. good deals. Yeah. So all they've got to do is find the deal, bring it to you. Yeah. You you can analyze yep. the deal and say, that's a terrible deal. We, you, sh- you don't want to be in that deal. See you later. Bring back something yep. else where that's an amazing deal. Let's partner. Yeah, that's that, right? kind of what I was trying to say is yeah. like.
2: You know, you're creating really a, a big win-win situation. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of times these programs out there are like, well, if we win, we both win, but if we lose, you lose. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. I mean? so, and with us it's the
0: quite opposite, if yeah, we exactly. lose, yeah. yeah, I lose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right.
1: And so when Kel was telling me about all this cool stuff, I'm like, that sounds awesome. I wonder what the process looked like to get to that, right? Because you have to have made money in order to be able to do that, right? And partner with people and be the money side of the game. And being able to facilitate all those things, that's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of struggle, a lot of money to be able to make sure that these individuals can go to one place and mm-hmm. get everything done. You know, I, I like to peel back the curtain or, you know, look under the hood, so to speak, however yeah. you want to put it. The story. And, yeah. and, and talk about the kind of the come up. Sure. In terms of, you yep. know, because I, I would say at least half of our listeners are probably the, you know, maybe one to five year mark in business and they may, they may be facing just a rough patch right now, which I'm sure you've faced many times. You just alluded to, hey, 22 years ago, you know, I was homeless for a second, right? So I want to highlight some of the processes or some of the things that you had to go through that might have been, you know, in the average eye considered negative, but was an amazing learning opportunity for you and might have been the foundation that turned your life around. And that, that low sure. point was the trajectory of the success, really, right? Sure. And so what did some of the, like, you know, when, when you first started getting into business, you know, what were some of the first businesses that you started playing around with when you decided, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? That's a
0: lot of questions in there. <laughs> um, I can add well, a few more well. if you like. I mean, I'm really
1: good at question
0: asking. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you what your first question is, what took to get here 15 years mm-hmm. to get to this model? yeah 15 years of of a, of being my own investor um to do that that's really what the crescendo was and you know we can go through that whole story what got me to be an entrepreneur even before I got into real estate was actually a little bit of a funny story i wasn't smart enough to get a job i mean literally the funny mm-hmm. thing is when i graduated from college if you go to miami university the year i graduated you know you i'm sure you've had extremely smart people, intelligent people on in this podcast. I may be the dumbest person you ever hear because when you, if you go to the year I graduated, uh, I was the very bottom. I was at the very bottom of my class and I couldn't even get an interview. Literally when I graduated from college, nobody even wanted to talk to mm-hmm. me about getting a job. And so my whole, I've never seen a W2. I've never gotten a paycheck my whole life. Well, I, uh, uh, I became an entrepreneur right away. Wow. And and I did various things totally unrelated to the real estate industry. I was in yeah. a vending business. I was in network marketing. But my big hit as an entrepreneur actually came through merchant services business, believe it or not, mm. credit card industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I met a very successful uh, money guy. Uh, one of my best friends and and, uh, and I were already doing some things. And before you know it, uh, three years later, we had uh, set up 15 states, 15 oh, franchises wow. across 15 states. And we were rocking it out. But that's when I learned, you know, I know a lot of business people listen to this thing. I learned a very important principle of success. Uh, this is before I even got in the real estate business, is that if you really want to be successful at something, you got to be a subject matter expert at it. Right. And in that industry, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I was an absolutely fake in there. The only reason I was in there was because I happened to know the money guy and I, my best friend was in it. And three years into it, 15 franchises later, um, and a lot of money that was made in the middle, I realized I was an imposter. I wasn't a subject matter expert. Every day when I went to work, I was faking it. Yeah. And I realized you can never be happy doing that, and you can never be truly successful doing that. So I got out of that business. You know, I sold my shares, got out of that business, just trying to figure out what to do with my life. How uh, old were you around that time? Uh, this is about 25 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I was, uh, I don't even know how to subtract. Uh, but whatever 54 minus 25 is. (laughs) Um, but so I got out of that business and just totally by happenstance one day, somebody gave me a book, um, called deals on wheels. And anybody who's ever done mobile homes knows that book. It's like the Bible of the mobile home business by Lonnie Scruggs. I read that book. I did another thing that ultimately got me to be successful. Uh, I called author and that was the first time I understood the concept of, If you're going to do something, you better find somebody that's really successful. So I called Lonnie and I went to, he said, hey, I got a seminar this weekend. I went to a seminar, came back from his seminar and that first week bought my first mobile home. And three years later, um, we had the largest mobile home dealerships in Georgia, which maybe for Utah doesn't say a lot. But for Georgia, which is like the mobile home capital of the world, that does say a lot. We, We went from zero to hero in three years. We were flipping almost 100 mobile homes a month. Wow. we and 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 another thing for your audience that's another that's when I learned another very successful business principle and that is this how do you become successful you know so many of us when the when we want to become successful we, we do the traditional like it's what everybody teaches us right how do you become successful well you work harder you uh, you you're, mm-hmm. you have to outsmart your competition you have to show up early you have to stay late you have to get good grades and all this and that is, and the reality is that is not how you become successful in life because there's only very little room at the top. And what I learned through that industry is how you become successful is you create your own playing field. Right. You don't compete where everybody else competes. Yeah. And Jeff and I, that was my business partner, uh, Jeff and I created our own uh, playing field back then of how we were flipping our mobile homes. Nobody else was doing it, even though Georgia had millions of mobile homes. Everybody was targeting Georgia, Everybody, but you were doing it a little different. We did it a little. We created our own yeah. playing field. So we did it for three years, and then literally overnight, the industry shut down. The back-end financing fell out. All mm. the banks that were in the business got out. B of A, Greenpoint, Green Cham, HFC. Is they that, all, was that
1: due to like a two thousand eight thing?
0: Like a no, no. Or that was, was before. That just no, no, no. They, they just got decided
1: out. to diversify their they were, no, portfolio they and were Not investing. They were renting,
0: that? They were making bad loans. Oh. Yeah, they were just making bad loans, and they just got out. They just realized mobile home was not mobile home industry, and they never. They've never mm-hmm. really come back mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. Um, and so the industry collapsed, and so I was trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I got into the the next obvious thing called real estate. And back then, you know, mobile homes, real estate, to me, I thought it was the exact same thing. And it was I, a big mistake. I, I would I would assume that as well. Well, I did too. I lived that assumption. I thought, well, I mastered the mobile home business. So I'm going to get into real estate. You know, we went to two seminars. We're like, yeah, we just need a little fine tuning. And that little fine tuning got me to the point that I bought six houses within the first two months of being in his business. And six months later, uh, I had lost every single thing I owned in life, like literally every single thing. And two months afterwards, which is eight months after I started, I was li- basically living out of the backseat of my car. Wow. wow! And 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 you know, you say you learn a lot. I I disagree with that. You know, people always say you learn so much when you fail. I don't buy into that principle because you learn when you succeed. When okay. you're failing, the only thing you're learning is what not to do. <laughs> okay. I but let me tell you what those eight months of disaster. Uh, did for me to this day. It got me tough as nails. It got me tough. I didn't learn. I learned what not to do. I made all the mistakes in the world. I trusted the wrong people. I, I just, I just, I, I abused the real estate business. I literally mm. abused it. Um, but what I did get is I got really, really tough. Yeah, I got really, really tough. And right around the eight month marker, I ultimately, that was, that was the point where the most successful principle in my life happened. I told you when I got in the real in the mobile home business I called a guy named Lonnie Scruggs because yeah. of the book I met. And that was my <clears throat> that was my kind of philosophy kind of like you know but I didn't understand. I just kind of it just made sense to me. But yeah. I didn't live the principle. 8 months after living out of the back of my car I learned the most important principle to what to this day mm. of what got to me successful and that is the principle of alignment. Yeah. Because 8 months into being being a total loser in this business a total um, disappointment to myself and everyone around me, yeah. I finally came to terms that I didn't know what I was doing, uh, that I was arrogant about mm-hmm. this business because I had some successes in other businesses. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, pompous about it. And, but I, 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 somehow scraped some money together and I brought in my first mentor. His name was Barton. And from that day, eight months into the business, living out of the backseat of my car, being $750,000 in debt, 500000 of my own cash that I lost, and $250,000 of Mr. and Mrs. Visa and Mr. Uh, MasterCards. <laughs> so I was $750,000 in debt, totally broke. Yeah, and yeah. not just broke financially, but broke in every way mentally, you could be broke, emotionally, mentally, yeah. emotionally. I brought on Barton, and three years from that day, one day I opened up my checking account, and there was a million dollars in there. Wow. Um, And and I give it all to the fact that I understood I learned the principle of alignment. Mm. I align myself with someone more successful.
2: I was thinking that the whole time you were talking, and and we've talked about that a lot on our show. It's like, man, you can focus on your competition, or you can just create alliances all over the place. Like, you know, the the author of the book, uh, what did you say, Lee Scruggs? Lonnie. Lonnie. Lonnie Scruggs, like he... He didn't have to write a book and he didn't have to, you know, uh, he could have just focused on his business and tried to wipe out competition. But he's like, hey, I'm going to put information on the world. I'm going to align myself with people. You happen to be one of those people. But that's what you're doing right now, too. Like You're out there creating yeah. alliances with all these people, <laughs> hundreds of people and, and just winning together. And, and I really feel like that's where a lot of people do mess up is they're like so focused on what's my competition doing or what can I get the edge on them instead of like, hey, how can we like win
0: together, you know? Well, the reality is I tell people there's two phases of being successful. One phase, you do have to do that. You gotta in the beginning, you got to go through it. You got go yeah. to the, the, put the work in. You got to put the effort yeah. in. You got to be the one man in the show. You got to this. Yeah. That's phase one. And unfortunately, most people never get past that. Yeah. So even when they do become successful, and I'm sure you guys see these all the time, people that make a lot of money, but what they have is just high paying jobs. Right. Yeah. But then there's that phase two. Phase two is when you got to get out of that mode. And I've been out of that mode for years now. For instance, yeah. you know, if you were to stop me in the street, what do you do, Pete? Well, I'm a real estate investor. When was the last time you saw a, a, a deal you did? About seven years ago. Yeah. So so phase two of being successful is getting out of the day-to-day grind. Right. Is getting out of the day grind, developing a team, developing infrastructure around you. Yeah. And the phase I'm in right now is exactly that phase. I'm in the phase of meeting guys like you. I'm in a phase of aligning myself with the right kind of people. Because the growth of everything I've done in real estate has always come because, not because I was so smart, not because yeah. I came up with some incredible technique and strategy, it's because I, al- I align myself with the right people. Yeah. And so that's all I do now. That's all. It's, it, it, when I'm done here, I'm going to go but speak it, in yeah, front of people, yeah, It's right? not so only that, aligned, but you have right? aligned right.
1: yourself with certain principles that you live by as well. And one of those principles is probably alignment with the yeah. right people, right? And so what are some of the daily habits that you have that you, that would throw you off if you don't do them? Because everybody's habits are just a little bit different. Sure. Put them in this, in in a mode to run off and be successful. You have your ingredients or your habits. What are those?
0: Well, you know, I'm always careful when I answer that question because the principle that I believe in, and I'm going to answer that question, but the principle I believe in is that you have to learn what your lane of life is. You're right. So, for instance, and, and I'll go through a couple of habits I have, and sometimes people listen to that like, well, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> yeah, or, <sure>. or, or <laughs> well, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Or I've done that. doesn't help me. So the one thing I always caution people is that... <clears throat> you got to figure out what what makes you tick. Yep. It's like, you know, we're talking about running, right? Yep. I yep. stay in shape. You stay in shape. We work out. I'm not a runner. Yeah. But my lane of being in shape is something very different, and yep. it works for me. And I don't even know if I could run 38 miles and without <laughs> passing out and dying. <laughs> but my lane for me, my biohacking, my staying in yeah. shape works for me. So the one thing I tell people <clears throat> when it comes to principles of success habits of success. There are some general ones, but you gotta figure out what makes you tick. Yep. So for instance, for me, <clears throat> what makes me tick? I'm about a 4 a.m. guy, okay? So what makes me tick is this. We all have 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. And so this is one thing I learned. So how do I, uh, how do I gain an advantage on my competition? We all have 24 hours a day. And so many years ago, I said, what if I just wake up one hour earlier? What if I wake up one hour and people say, well, gosh, what does that one hour do for you? You're right. One day, one hour, nothing. But if I wake up one hour earlier for 365 days a year, right, that gives me an an advantage Mm, of 365 hours over my competition. If you're on a 38-mile race and you started 365 minutes ahead of me, (laughs) you're going to win that. I don't care even if you're not a good runner. Yeah. So then I realized, my, and, and now obviously, you have to spend the time right. right. So years ago, I realized if I just get up an hour earlier than most people and I work towards my success, what my, how I define my success, I'm going to get an advantage. Well, I've gotten to the point now I wake up probably an average three to four hours earlier. Yeah. So what kind of mm-hmm. an advantage do I have over my competition? Huge. So one of my huge principles is success, get up earlier. Yeah. Now, that could also be taken the other way. Some, you know, I've I've shared this principle with people and I've had people come up to me after and say, "Well, well Pete, I like to stay up late." Great. If that works for you, stay up late, but the key is invest that time productively, yeah, you I'm know, so invest yeah. that time productively. <clears throat> Here's another thing. This next one I do believe is across the board for everybody. Um I believe that people that are successful most of the time tend to be successful across the board. What I mean by that, it's not like you know, if you analyze someone's successful life, you would say, Well, he's a loser here, he's a loser here, he's mm-hmm. a loser here. But here, look at this, he's made billions. They have a standard and it goes across, across the board. Off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he doesn't, you know, he beats his wife, he doesn't know his kids, he steals this, you know, he's a miserable this, and he's a billionaire, a, no. a, Yeah, yeah. That, no. That's called a criminal, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people catch those people. Pretty much when you study successful people, or at least the successful people I've studied, yeah they're pretty sick. they might not be knocking it out of the ballpark across the board but they're pretty successful in most facets of their life but i
1: will tell I you that, that, that I- I- if they're not doing it across the board i guarantee you there's thoughts stirring in their mind on what they could be doing to you know patch some of those holes you in some of those it. areas because that's all successful people yep. do it's audit uh, self audit self yep. in yep. all aspects of life and saying <laughs> how can I, I improve even if it's an area that does look good or better than the average, they are still tweaking, changing, adjusting, yep. and figuring out how to get the advantage, right? Totally just agree. like it was one hour, yeah. that one hour turned into another one hour, yep. then turned into another one hour. Now it's three or four totally. hours early. You're always seeking better because yep. you demand it because it's part of your standard and it's just the way yep. that you
0: operate. I, I, I buy into that. Yeah, so, me too. So if you extend that, so the next obvious question is, what should I be better at? Right. What, you know, there's, you know, I got 20, you know, should I be better at, you know, drinking water? Yeah. Should I be better at technical things? I think there's some, there's some uh, huge pillars. Like, for instance, most successful people I know, and we've been talking about this since I got here this morning, tend to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to, sure, you're going to find people that are uber successful that you want to emulate. But when you look at them, you're like, oh, this so there's some there's three, three four hundred pounds or that's whatever exactly it's
1: right. like they're letting that go but th- you know in exchange for that's what? exactly right you know? so
0: i think the big pillars are this obviously we talk we're talking about business success yeah i think success on on a, a on the health side that's a big principle right i think success on a relationship side that's yeah. a big principle yeah. so you know so so the other big principle of success i buy into is that try to be good across the board. right? You know, try to be good across the board. Mediocrity just irks them. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's like saying, okay, I'm going to go, let's say I'm a Formula One race car driver, and my car is like the most unbelievably fine-tuned thing, um, but we're going to run this race with a flat tire. Eh, that ain't going to work. I I don't care how well that (laughs) Formula One car is fine-tuned. If I got a flat, that one thing is going to bring me down. Mm. And so uh, waking up earlier, huge for me. Um, being good across the board at the big things. You what, know, why health. do you?
1: Why do you wake up earlier? What do you get done in that three to four
0: hour time frame? This is my philosophy when it comes to that. Before nine a.m., I do everything that does not make me money. Mm. Uh, but they have to be done. You know, there's, but they. <clears throat> but it
1: fills up your cup, though, right? Well, like, well, but
0: they have to be done. <clears throat> there are certain things that we all have in life that doesn't necessarily. Make us money, but they gotta be I call them admin things. Right. Like I go through my emails. I never check my emails during the day. But I know I gotta check them. Yeah. Most of the things I check aren't gonna make me money. Yeah. But if I don't check your email and right. I show up here and you're in that house and I'm showing up here because you changed <laughs> it, that's on me. Right. So I what I do <clears throat> what I do before 9 a.m. is I do I call them my admin things. Mm. I work out before 9 a.m. It doesn't make me money, but I gotta do it. Yeah. Right? So before 9 a.m. <clears throat> The things I invest my time into are non-monetary things. Right. But do you but they think? Gotta
1: but, but do you think that you moving your body helps you monetarily? That's though, exactly to a certain right. Extent, right. That's exactly right. But and I don't want to. That spend. activity directly isn't. You can't tie it directly, but
0: indirectly you can. It's no question. That's why I yeah. call them admin things. Gotcha. They have to be done. They're yeah. all connected, but they got to be done. But I do like you know. Um, you know, I I, I got a, f- a seven month old daughter. I spend a tremendous, and she wakes up like I do at three o'clock in the morning because that's what seven months old do. You <laughs> yeah, know, what yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. we hang out, we go for walks, we <laughs> yeah. do a forty five minute walk. You know, I build my relationship with her a lot that's more. Awesome. To do. And but what I do after nine a.m. is I do uh, 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 I do uh, what I call my money making things. That's when I'm. That's when I'm in the business mode. That's when I'm in the mode of doing things to drive everything forward so before 9 a.m admin after 9 a.m it's full-blown oh the other thing that I love about mornings why I choose mornings um not only because I personally think sharper but you know like who's gonna call me at four in the morning yep right yeah. the problems haven't woke yeah. up yet no, They're still no, asleep. no one's gonna call yeah. me now I'm blowing up everybody's phone you know people yeah. wake up like hey yeah. excellent I got seven texts for me what yeah. time did you get yeah. up yeah. yeah so I get all my things done like that um, but, yeah, that's what I do. Before 9 a.m., I call on my admin world. Yeah. After 9 a.m., it's full-blown go into driving my business forward, making money mode. So from 9 to 5, that's my world. Yeah. I yeah, man,
2: that. that's a magical hour, you know what I mean? Those Or two hours, you know, when you're up at 4 to 6. You know, my kids don't get up. And so yeah. I'm like, I, like, really get to just be with myself and read and just get into a really cool headspace before just me the commotion it. kind of starts yeah. and getting the kids off to school. But I do like how you take that time with your daughter, go on walks. I think that's really cool. No doubt something that <clears throat> I could implement. You know what I mean? That'd be really awesome. So
1: do you prior- prioritize a certain bedtime in order to wake up at early those times
0: early? I don't know if I have a certain bedtime, but I as <laughs> usually- early as possible. Pretty much. Usually uh, I'm in bed by nine. Yeah, nine you know, or 10. Yeah. But again, we, we got a, we got a seven month old, um, you know, you're our, kind of working around that schedule. I, like I'm working around. Yeah. Our that, does not yeah. spend the nights with us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh-huh. but again, I, I, again, this is what I was talking about being in the right lane of life for me. And, and I, this is a lot of, th- I know people are going to disagree with what I say for me, sleep is not as important as it is for other people. Mm. You're going to get health people on here who are going to tell you right. Wrong. It's the most important part of your life. But I also know it's that whole thing you got to know your body. Mm -hmm. So for me, I can go to bed at 9, sleep till 12, you know, get up with Olivia for an hour or two. You know, my wife and I will alternate and, you know, maybe get another couple hours of sleep and I'm good. Yeah. For me, I've learned four to six hours of sleep for me. That's yeah. perfect. Mm. And, I, you know, a lot of people argue that point, you know, like, no, you need that eight hours. It's the most important part of staying healthy, of yeah. biohacking and all this. Right. To me, just that's, that's how my body works. I, yeah. I used
1: to get like eight, nine hours of sleep because I just loved to sleep. But now that I get six or seven hours every night, I actually have more energy. It's almost like when it's almost like I overslept to where my body was in a more of a lethargic state throughout the day because I overslept rather than sleeping based upon my needs and then getting up and shaking it off through, you know, body movement. On the same
0: way, you know, the other word that also works. I fast every day for mm, 20 hours. The intermittent stuff? Yeah, intermittent. So, uh-huh. and it's the same thing. I used to think eating less would make me more hungry. I used to think eating less would get me more lethargic, would get me, you know, get me less. It's opposite. Once you once you fall into that mode, it's uh-huh. opposite. I'm sharper, I'm less hungry, I'm in better shape. Yeah. So sometimes certain things in life, doing less, you're actually getting more.
1: Right. Yeah, and so, and 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 just for the listeners, like when I told somebody one time, I'm like, "Hey, I love intermittent fasting. You know, uh, it my body just drops weight when I when I intermittent fast and kind of gets to the the spot that I want, right?" And they said, "Well, that sounds like it would be hard." I'm like, "Well, anything that's going to create a positive change is going to be hard for just a minute. That's right. But then it ends up getting easier. Yep. You have to go through because it's just unfamiliar to your body. It's right. not that it's really hard. It's just it's yeah. unfamiliar. Go through what's unfamiliar for those." First week or two, where your stomach's grumbling, like, yeah. "Hey, where's my breakfast?" Where you know, yeah. uh, and then eventually your body acclimates, recalibrates, and then starts 100%. performing at more of an optimal right. level, right? Yeah. And so, what are you most excited about right now in terms of real estate? Because I know when you when we say real estate, that's kind of a broad brush, right? Because there's so many different ways to do real estate in terms of whether you're buying and flipping or buying and holding and renting or Airbnb space, there's so many different facets of this industry. Do you play in mainly one lane? Do you play in all of the lanes? Like what's the most exciting thing for you and what you
0: guys are doing right now? Sure. Um, Well, that, that could lead me to another principle of success. That I live by, and this might be also limit this this next principle. Hopefully, your listeners will will take to heart, but it also comes from me being not very smart. Um, <laughs> I believe one of the big mistakes, especially new entrepreneurs make, is they go wide. Mm-hmm meaning they have too many things spinning. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, I went to this seminar, I went to this, I read this book and all this. And before you know, you got 30 things spinning and then as we know, most of those things don't work and a lot of disappointment. My lane of life of success has always been one or two things max, one or two things, but absolutely dominate those. Right. So when it comes to real estate, when I got started 20 some years ago, the very house first deal I did was a fix and flip, lost money obviously, it was a disaster. <laughs> ended, <laughs> up, <in the> <laughs> ended up in the car. Ended up in the car, but guess what? 22 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. Mm. It's single family houses, it's fix and flip, wholesale, we do some creative. So it's a very, very, very um, simple model. Yeah. But it's a very powerful model but we do it better than anyone else in the country. You just stated something. Simplicity, though, is power. Well, it is. You said it's a simple model, but it's powerful. But I think it's powerful because you simplified it. Well, right? it's especially for guys like me who are not very smart or not very sharp. You got to do that. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so when it comes to the model, it's what we do with our partners. It's fix and flip. It's wholesale. It's creative deals. We do the kind of strategies that make a lot of money up front. We, I don't, I'm not a long-term player in this mm. business. I'm a short-term. You don't like the
1: trickle little. Nope. I like have a build up over. T- yeah. I yeah. like
0: the, you know, and people say, well, the trickle is good because it's kind of comes in residually it's
1: consistent. Well, is but a, you know,
0: totally wrong. Yeah. The reality is if you know how to set it up correctly and we have set it up correctly, our big pops are consistent, are yeah. predictable, mm. are residual right. based. So we have the best of both worlds. What do I like the most about real estate right now? I love the economy the most. Now that might sound weird because yeah. obviously for the listeners, like we're in a bad economy. Yeah. Turn the TV on. It's you know might as well jump right. off the, the building tomorrow. It ain't. it's yep. And we are in a bad economy right now. Let's face it. We're in a very inflationary times, uh, even worse than most people are probably realizing, and most people have no idea what yeah. that means to them. We're in a, interest rates are going through the roof. But that creates opportunities. Absolutely. So what we are right now, you know, I, uh, this is this is the mantra I've been talking to people about right now. People say we're in a down economy. We're not. I, you, I, we're in an up economy. And it's just, it's, it's how you look at it. Yep. It's, a, you know, are you going to be in a downturn or are you going to be in an upturn? And so I, I, I choose to be in an upturn. So we're in an incredible times right now because all of those things, here's what those all those things create inflation, high interest rates, bad news, turn a TV on, it's end of the world. That creates motivation in people. That creates motivation in people. Kind of like, um, and and here's the very interesting thing of what's taking place right now in real estate. This is why this is such an incredible time to be in real estate. Um, Obviously in real estate, I don't care what strategy we use, you know, fix and flip, long-term strategy. It's all about finding the right opportunities. And the right opportunities come from motivated sellers, right? Mm. Well, there's two types of motivated sellers right now. Once that truly are being hit by the economy. I mean, we know it. Um, They want want that money, that equity, that whatever's left because they just
1: can't afford it or whatever. Well, sure. I
0: mean, think about this. Four of the largest companies in the world last month uh, announced hiring freezes. Right. Elon um, Musk, who everybody knows, is in letting go 15% of his middle managers right now. So there are they, this is a reality. Yeah. People are absolutely being hurt by what's taking place. Mm. So when people are being hurt they, they they have to liquidate. Yep. They right away think, okay, I got to get cash. How do and I protect know, myself? How do I protect myself? You know, my job's at stake or my job yep. is no longer around. So, you know, you can't sell your phone and protect yourself. You know, so right. you get a hundred bucks. What does that do? So people get rid of their large assets. What's the largest asset people have? Usually second homes, rentals, maybe sometimes even their primary properties. Yep. So, 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 so there's a lot of people, a lot of motivation right there. Yeah. We help people like that as investors. Yeah. But here's the other set of people that have now come into the motivated world have that have not been there before. People that think they're in trouble, but they're not in trouble. Yeah. Right. So this whole facade—they're of, overplaying of, their well, hand they, of well, fear. Yes, because you—you know, yeah. all you got to do is turn the TV on, go yeah. to the internet, go to any news website. The and world it's is the coming world. to an end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of these people who are really not in trouble, they would be fine. They're uh, overplaying their hand, they think they're protecting themselves, they think they think they will be in trouble, they're trying to anticipate what may or may not happen. and so they get into the motivation side. So right now we are literally seeing more opportunities than we've seen as long as I've been in this business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so on this side it is fantastic. On this side, which because remember we got to get rid of this stuff yep. it's, right. yep. it is a little yeah, bit yeah, tougher, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. face it. Um, but because there's such huge motivation and there's still a lot of cash in the game, yeah, yeah. So you got still a lot of money in the game that wants deals. You got a lot of motivation of people that want to get rid of deals. We as investors are in the middle. So mm-hmm. well, I right see, I see people talking time. about you know,
1: hey, houses are staying on the market just a little bit longer. And I said this at the office just the other day to our our other partner Jeremy, and I said, well, yeah, but like it's, it could, that doesn't mean it's bad automatically because it was flying off the shelf. Like houses were going within yep. hours of hitting. So now if it takes like two weeks or a month or whatever, like people are panicking, that's still considered a good turnaround time to be able to put money into something and get money back
0: out when you put it up for sale. Right. You know, it's funny you say that I'm, I'm, I'm reliving a deja vu of something I had a couple days ago. Mm. A couple of days ago, I was talking to one of my partners from California, yes. Seth. He and I have actually done um, about 150 deals. Wow. He's a kid. He's in his 20s. Uh, he, I met him about three or four years ago. He and I started partnering on deals. Yeah. He just bought himself a, a, a private plane. Awesome. I mean, just lives an incredible lifestyle. God. But hes it's amazing you said it. He said exactly that. He's like, Pete, you know, I just realized I've never been in a bad real estate economy. And he said, we're just so spoiled. Things, you know, we put them in a market. Within 24 hours, they sell. <laughs> now we think it's bad <laughs> Not, because well, it didn't now it's sell just normal. 24 hours. Now yeah. he's like, Pete, it's just the norm. Yeah, things yeah. said for a couple of months, that's just the normal real estate. Welcome yeah. to
1: that's the ex- game. Well, <laughs> we just got out of a peak. That was fun for a minute. There's no question. Let's play the game that's always been the game.
0: Right? There's no question. Yeah. That is exactly what's, what's taking place.
2: perspective. I mean recessions are really created in our mind, right? You know, it's like we're either believing what we're seeing on the screens and we're believing what everybody's telling us. or we're like, no, man, like I don't mind doing deals and waiting a couple months or flipping them really fast and creating this whole ecosystem that I continue to thrive in. Environments. it's all
1: mental. Environments and circumstances shouldn't dictate how your life turns out. You dictate how your life turns out based upon your actions and what you do and what your habits are. It's not an economy. What somebody else places upon you, you don't have to accept. Right, no and so question. create your own economy by being an individual that doesn't have scarcity and hold on to their money. Yeah. You hold on to your money; it can't flow back. You have to give in order to get. That's just the way that success works, right? No question. And so, fear what happens. We hold on to the money, and it's almost like a designed recession because if they say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. What happens? People hold on to their money because they say it's going to happen. So, by default, it's a self fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. So that it starts to no happen question. because people hold on to the money, but check this out. Here's how I'm looking at it. After we've kind of had this conversation, it's like, cool. Let's say the house was a half a million dollar, three bedroom, two bath home, whatever. Right. The numbers are the numbers are the numbers. What if that house is now just $400,000 that you get on wholesale that you can sell it for, you know, 450 rather than 550, right? Like it doesn't matter what the house is. Are the margins baked in or not? you know, no matter where you're at in the scale of an economy, you could be at the bottom of an economy and that same house is 150,000. You might've got it for 120 now, but you can still sell it for 150. Exactly it right. does not matter what the environment looks like. There's always a deal to be had and there's always
0: margins yep. as long as you find the right deal, right? That's exactly right. That's, you know, that's, it's, you know what I call what you just described as adjustment. But this is a very important point that I, that to go back to your previous question about what's taking place and how am I interpreting? Mm -hmm. We talked about the incredible motivated sellers now, blah, blah, blah. You're right, margins have to be adjusted. But you know what else is happening right now, Uh, uh, to your point? On this side, a lot of investors are scared. So mm. there's a lot less competition now. Right. Wow. You know, I, I heard- They're waiting to see. Well, they're, they're just scared. They're getting yeah. out. They're getting yeah. out. You know, mm. it's interesting. Um, we, you know, obviously I'm a real estate investor. I'm not a realtor, but we've owned a number of real estate teams. Right. Just like you guys are not accountants, but you're in yeah, accounting yeah. business. Yeah. I'm not a licensed agent, but we know how to run real estate teams. And um, a couple of years back, we went to Keller Williams Convention yeah. in Austin, Texas. And Gary Keller- from, right. from yeah, keller yeah. williams was yeah. talking and, and he said something right to that point he said do you know he's he actually put a chart up for keller williams when their agents are making the most money and he tied it into the economy do you guys and he, here's what's point exactly what he just said all the wealth through keller williams and their agents have always come in bad economies Mm. Have always come during bad times. Yeah, yeah. Why does that happen? Couple reasons. One, competition gets out. So there's actually less competition during hard times. Number two, the right agents who stick in make adjustments. And when you can adjust for fluctuations, whether mm. it's an up fluctuation, a down fluctuation, and you have a lot, and you have less competition, guess what? You're going to make more money. Right. So right now is the time. This is the time. This is the opportunity time. Is it scary? Of course. Right. I'd be sitting here lying to you yeah. to say when I'm spending don't half a do Don't have fear. Yeah. You can't say don't have fear. It's, it's act regardless. It's it's it, 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 listen. When I'm sitting on, on more inventory than I have in a long time, of course it's a little bit scary. Yeah. But guess what? This is why I know I'm doing the right thing because my mm. competition is not. You know, I was just talking to a hedge fund that I, I do a lot that. of business with, and. Um, uh, and they're being hit, too. And, and the guy at the hedge fund who runs it said, Pete, we are doing less business now. And they're a hedge fund that, that uh, provides capital for investors. He said, we're doing less business now than we have in years. Same principle. Why? Because investors are scared. Yeah. And then he followed up by saying, if I was on their side right now, I'm on the money, he's on the money side. But he said, if I was on the ground side, mm-hmm. this is the time I'd be doing this yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. but you're but this is exactly what's happening people are scared and you're either going to work through being scared and 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 kill it or you're going to be scared and you're going to retract right every every, i
1: mean the thing is is everybody's getting dealt the exact same hand right and so it's up to you with how you play the cards right yep and so you could fold them and say i'm backing away from the table but there's still plenty of money to be had or made at the table again you're always just betting on you. You're not betting on the industry or this or that. You're like, okay, with me and what I know and what I do, I know that I figure things out. If I put me in that equation, in that situation, that circumstance, that environment, good, bad, ugly, whatever, I already know that I'm going to bet on me and then I'll come out on top because that's just, you know, I I grew up poor, right? Like I fought my way up through the grind, right? And I'm not scared of doing that again. It doesn't matter the circumstance it matters. Your actions in the circumstance sure. or in the environment, that's what determines whether that environment is truly gonna damn you or whether ultimately you're gonna climb to some sort of success from it. Right? No so question about it.
2: First time I ever did a real estate deal, I was really young. I was in sales. I wasn't even a business owner yet, and it went really good, right? And we were in a great times. It was like 2005, maybe beginning of 2006, and uh, and then I did a couple more deals, and it was exciting. And then um, and then I, and then I had become a business owner. That's actually how I started my business was getting a little capital from these real estate deals. But I was never a full-time real estate investor, right? But I was always attracted to it. I always liked the idea of owning real estate. And then some deals I was stuck in, one of them I was trying to flip, A couple of them I was holding long-term. 2008, everything freaking crumbles. And I was like, oh my gosh, like selling, you know, we had one that we just had let go. That one wasn't on my credit. It was on a partner's credit. Another one was on my credit. But it was just like this horrible feeling, right? So I stayed out of real estate, like in 2015 and 16, and you see things coming back up. I knew I should be getting back in the game, but I was like, I'm just going to stick to what I know. And so I guess my question is a lot of guys that are part of your alliance that are in partner driven are they like all-in full-time real estate people or are some of them like business owners or people that have a craft they're experts in? Sure. But they're just doing this on the side and partnering with you on deals, you know? Because that's where I was at. I was like, well, I'm going to stay in my lane, you know? I bet on myself and what I'm good at, what I know. But like, even though I knew, like, I need to be in real estate, I'm attracted to it. I, I want to build wealth in that and diversify into that. Like, I was scared to get back in and in uh, 2015, 16, 17 in those years, right? Now I have real estate deals and I'm like, you know, write it out.
0: Well, the reality is most people are not in a position who want to get in real estate. They could just stop doing everything. Yeah. You know, let's face it. Real estate takes a moment, whether you do it by yourself or you, whether you do it with someone like me who's going to partner with you. Yeah. So I would say probably about 90, 95% of people that start with us start on a part-time basis. Yeah. But the reason they get into real estate, a lot of them, probably, no, I know a hundred percent majority, them, the reason they get into real estate is ultimately they do want to work yeah, themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. out. So, But the great thing about working with us and we become your partners, you pick up leverage right away. Yeah. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about all the things. You don't have to worry about back office. You don't have to worry about inspections. Worry about one thing. You find know, the deals. Yeah, you yeah. just got to worry about, that's right. And, and by the way, we get involved there, man, because we're generating leads. So usually with us, when people get started with us, you know, probably the second or third most common question, how much time does it take? Usually our beginning partners in an initial stage is somewhere between three to five hours a week. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if you don't have three to five hours a week, then you don't want something bad enough. Yeah. Right. You don't want yeah, something you can bad Netflix enough. and chill. Then yeah. if That's what you want exactly. to do. I hope that that's, yeah. you know, paying your bills. And that's right. You know. But that's because we do so much for our partners. Yeah. You know, we, we do the marketing for them. We provide the money. We handle, you know, we help with the construction, with the back office. So they truly don't have to put insane hours in that a lot of people do have to put in on their side hustle. If you, they want, if you want your side hustle told to me, be your full-time hustle. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. but that's, it's a couple hours a week.
2: I assume that your, your, your trainings and even your uh, marketing is trying to target people before they go and list their home and try and find off market deals. Right. Like, is that where a lot of the margin is, is that art of finding those deals before they, uh, you know, get to that point of like, okay, I'm hiring an agent. before Everybody knows home. about
0: the deal. Right. Yeah. You know, it, um, when we started talking today, I said, "What the problem with the real estate and why there's such a, so, such an abysmal success rate? And, you know, we, we, I talked about how you have to piecemeal things together. Yeah. Well, one of the things you have to piecemeal together is marketing, right? So now I'm a brand right. new dude. I'm in I'm real estate and I'm thinking, okay, I got to find a property. So what do I, what do most people think? Well, let me just call, call my, call my Zillow or a real estate a real agent, agent or something That's exactly like that. right. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what most people do not understand about real estate. Not only does real estate itself fluctuate, go up and down, but the pieces of real estate inside change. Yeah. For instance, I've been at this thing for 22 years. Yeah. Do you know that I've bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of properties off Zillow, from real estate agents, off to MLS? Do you also know I haven't bought a property off Zillow, off MLS, from a real estate agent in six years? Mm, yeah. So what, what? This is another reason why people fail in this business. They don't realize all these pieces have to fit together. But you also have to find the right part of that piece. Yeah. So within this business, everything changes. Marketing fluctuates constantly. In today's world, it is all about that. Yeah. Today's world, the, the only marketing that works, the only marketing that works, is when you go directly to owners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By time, and, and, and we, can, we can have a three-hour discussion about it, but the biggest reason why the Zillows don't work, the Craigslist don't work, the If you realtor, go where everybody else goes. Well, yes, in essence, yeah. you're competing against two things. Number one, you're competing against technology. Hmm. Anytime something hits the market... Yeah. There's bots out there. There's programs out there. They see it. They I think, see yeah. it. Think you about know. the software. Well, yeah. Like, they'll make it. Yeah. A, if it's got even a remote possibility, they'll get that thing the tied filters. up. Hey, yeah. I want any three-bedroom,
1: two-bath. You boom. can't compete against technology. Yeah.
0: Number two, you can't compete against hedge funds. Mm. Yeah. A hedge fund oh, yeah. is They're already... Overpay. They overpay. They overpay. But right. because to them, they just need to buy. They don't yeah. need to buy it. They got to get rid the of money. That's yeah, exactly right. You can't compete against technology. You can't compete against the guy that's willing to pay full price as an investor. And in today's world, all of those things, the Zillows, the MLSs, they're very powerful, meaning they... Forget the technology. Forget about the person that's willing to overpay. They expose it to millions of people like that. Yeah. And when you when you're competing against somebody, so by time you look at it as a brand new investor and that realtor puts you in a car and says, Hey, I got this incredible deal. Just ask them how long has it been sitting there? Oh, it's been sitting there for three weeks. Oh my God. Three weeks on the market in real estate today. It, on an incredible a, deal. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's yeah. passed it. And we're looking for the newbie. The guy doesn't yeah. know anything. Yeah. So yeah, the only marketing that works in today's market. If you're if you're looking to find real deals, you have to know how to go directly to owners. Yeah, it's before they want to sell. Mm. So it's it's and that's we're at Just a whole marketing one step platform. above. Right, our whole marketing platform. It is all about going directly to sellers. Yeah, Good. only thing that works. Yeah, only thing that works. We get all of our deals. Probably the last. Um, I don't know, thousand. Houses I bought have all come directly from owners. Weren't listed. That's right. There were people that were beginning to be in some kind of a motivation stage. Yeah. You know, they got hit with a lawsuit. They got hit with a divorce or something like that. There was like
1: a, maybe it was Cody Sperber or something that said like a statistic. He goes, in every neighborhood, 15% are ready to sell, whether they have a sign on their yard or not, or whatever it was, right? Or 15% of, of a neighborhood is going through some sort of crisis whether it's a divorce, whether it's financial, whether it's this or whatever, and you knock on the door and there's an opportunity right in front of them to touch cash. Some people, because of that situation, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, like let's move forward yeah. because of this divorce or because yeah. of this or whatever. Right. You're catching people at the right time when they have the thought, they yeah. just haven't executed on the action because it's a pain in the ass to call an agent, come look at my house. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's the least path of resistance for them if somebody's standing right in front of them and saying, "I want your house." Yeah. If you've even had the thought, you're like, "Well, what will you give me for it?" You know, <laughs> and that
0: right there is real estate <laughs> marketing right now. That is all you know. So the keys to set up a marketing plan and a marketing strategy that does exactly. that. So anybody
1: that's saying that you have to have money in real estate, all that, that's just another bullshit excuse for them not to take action and actually do something for them to enter into this industry or into the market. They're just not re- willing to do the work really, because you can go around neighborhood to neighborhood if you really wanted to and grind your way through a deal or two to start putting money in your pockets.
0: You know, the, the, the interesting thing I always say about that specific topic is this. There's a lot of things like that I could not have been successful in, like lack of knowledge. Like, like I could have never been yeah. a professional basketball player. Yeah. I don't care how many, how often I practice, I could never be a professional know. basketball. I don't know. None you of us look probably like could, you could right? cross somebody yeah. over. Maybe I, I, I could not, and you know, I couldn't be a rocket scientist. I wasn't smart enough. The good thing about this is the one thing I always come back to. The good thing about real estate investing, it's got an even playing field for everybody. Mm. Yeah. there is no, there's no tactic of the real estate industry that everybody couldn't do. Yeah, Nothing. Nobody could not do what you just said. There's not a person out there. So it all comes down to how bad do you want
1: it? And secondly, you know, on the money money side of thing, here's the deal. There's plenty of people out there with lots and lots of money that still want to play in the game, just like you, right? That's why you partner up with people, right? right? And so these individuals, Peter doesn't want to be in every single neighborhood knocking on every single door saying, do you want to sell your house? He's giving people an opportunity to create a life for themselves by them doing that. And because of his hard work, he has access to the capital. It's a perfect marriage, right? Exactly. And there's plenty of individuals that have access to money that don't want to do the boots on the ground thing and knock on the doors. But guess what? If that's where you're at, that's where you have to start. Eventually, maybe in 20 years, you could be a Peter, right? But there's a process that you have to go through to be a Peter, right? Peter isn't, the Peter today that he was twenty right. years ago, he's developed yep. into this individual, and there's somebody listening that in twenty years they could have what you have. Well, and they could do, do it what in you do.
2: five years. They can do ten years yeah. because Peter's
1: already paved the way,
2: yes, and yeah. really exactly. the only shortcut yeah. in. Life in business is alignment like yep, we talked correct. about earlier on. That's 100%. collapsing time right, through
1: other people's experiences or yep. knowledge. Or that's why we've invested into masterminds or coaches all these years, right? Probably a half a million dollars deep at this point. But because of that... I would you know credit a lot of our success because of that alignment because of that proximity 100%, you yeah. know and so I think people discount that a little too much I mean you're going to speak at an event and there's literally probably still people listening that roll their eyes at events or seminars or whatever it is and I I I think you said you went to a seminar um after the mobile home thing yeah yeah you know or whatever right, right? like yeah but that's what I'm saying like a lot of, a lot of successful people, there's commonalities they've invested into information yep. and trying to be in certain rooms. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to take that step unless there's some sort of guarantee on the other end. Right. Uh, like I don't want to pay $2,000 for a ticket because what if I don't get the information that I need, right? These what ifs are keeping them yep. out of the game rather than
0: just taking that step with faith no, and investing you, into themselves. You got it. You know, isn't it sad? And I'm sure you guys see it all the time in your business. How many people put a timeline on success? Yeah. Like when was the last time somebody put a timeline on being broke? Yeah. No. You know, you talk to a guy in his forties, yeah. obviously not happy, obviously wants to level up, obviously not making enough money. Uh, but he will like, okay, I'm going to give him all my effort for three months. Yep. And if it doesn't oh, work, yeah. it's like, dude, <laughs> You, if you've invested forty years into being broke, and that's cool, no timeline there. It's an indefinite, all-in, you know, yeah. eighty hours a week effort. People people make two <laughs> or mis- lack thereof. Well, but, but yeah. here, people make two mistakes. Why they don't become successful? Number one, they put a timeline on. It. You know, I'm good. You know, it doesn't happen by such. And the second, which is what uh, you were talking about, which is even a worse one, they put success into a box. Yeah. They what if it? Yes, mm. I'll go to this if
1: if you could That's promise right. me yeah. that yeah. this will happen, are there any gar- You know, people want guarantees. You're the individual that determines whether yeah. it's guaranteed success or not based. Upon, no question. Again, you know, your actions, you can't put your a
0: timeline on success and you can't put success into a box. it's however long it takes, whatever long, whatever I got to do. The process is the process is the process. Process Either you're committed to the
1: actual result and the outcome or you're not. The process is going to be the process for you. If you're committed to the end result, you're going to jump through 10 hurdles, a hundred hurdles, a thousand hurdles. It doesn't matter what's in your way. The individual that wants it bad enough, they have one thing in mind and it's, I'm going there you and I'm going to get there out of the way, out of the way, out of the way. You'll yeah. always find solutions to problems. If you want a bad enough, there's
0: so no question. you know, No so, question about it.
1: Uh, dude, it was absolutely incredible to have you on the show today. You were just, you know, fun to have a conversation with Thank just you. based upon your experiences. I mean, you you keep telling people that you're not that smart, but just sitting and well, speaking, I'm not, you know, um, speaking to you. It seems otherwise. So, he, well, thank you. you know, um, how do people connect with you? You know, how do they find out more about maybe some of the services and the programs and some of the information, sure. coaching, mentoring that you may offer? Whether it's some Facebook groups that they can just kind of dip their toes in, or maybe you've got all the way up to one-on-one coach. I don't know. You know well, what the some big of thing is partnering, are. you know, yeah. for, for
0: people that want to level up in life, for people that want to have the ultimate shortcuts to success when it comes to real estate investing, I'm interested in talking to them because mm. that's what I do. Obviously, yeah. we partner with hundreds and hundreds of people in hundreds of markets across the United States. We help them, we facilitate deals for them. So the best way to do that, I'm sure there's a link that you guys have um, for them just to hit the link. Uh, and set up a and call we'll, and, uh, and yeah, we'll put the link in just
1: the show notes, okay. you know, Perfect. of the, yeah. of the podcast so that they know where to find you on Instagram, you know, Perfect. whatever links that they could be directed to, to find more yep. information.
0: Perfect. You know, um, if they want to, you know, uh, partner driven, that's the name of our company. They can go straight there. Is um, it partnerdriven.com? Dot com? Yeah. Okay. Partnerdriven.com or another great way to connect with me is just through like social media. Yeah. Right. Like for instance, they can go to Instagram, instagram.com slash My name, Peter Vexelman. Okay. There they could see how I operate, what I do. All they got to do is just hit the link in my bio, set up a call with myself, my team. We'll see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, let's go knock it out. It's uh,
2: V-E-K-S-E-L-M-A-N. Right. Where's that name from?
0: I was told. I don't know, but I was told he it originated. Verified, yeah, so. I haven't verified, but I was told it originated somewhere in Germany. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's where cool. I could do that. But yeah, through Instagram, they could take a look at what I do, check me out, hit the link, yeah, on my YouTube bio there, or anything like that. Yeah, right? I got YouTube, all of that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, just go
1: to Google, do a quick Google search, right. poke around, find yeah. him. That's exactly right. You know, right. he's obviously accessible. Why? Because he wants to do deals, right? Yep. So you can find him in in multiple areas. Yep so that he's easy to find, he's easy to do deals with yep. if you're the right person, right? Absolutely. So, dude, yeah. you've been an absolute joy to speak with today. Um, guys, make sure you go check out Peter. You know, he's one of those bright minds, and he's in an industry that there are some takers in that. In any industry, there's good and there's bad. There's right. good police, there's bad police. There's great accountants, there's bad accountants. There's great real estate guys, there's bad real estate guys. But an individual that walks the walk and puts the money where his mouth is, you know, you just know that you're operating a whole different level. So this is an individual that we definitely endorse in anything real estate. If that's something that you're interested in or something that you've ever thought about, at least poke around it, at least play with it, see if it's for you, uh, so that you don't end up in a in the backseat of a car. Uh, you know, (laughs) Peter will make sure that you you know, have a a little bit more of a opportunity of success than you know, what his first easier and difficult (laughs) ways of doing things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Guys, make sure that you share the show with somebody that you love and that you care about. You know, that's really what it's about. We talked about alignment, we talked about a proximity, and when you're hanging out with the people you hang out with, you want them absorbing the same information you absorb so that they're leveling up as well and you're not surpassing your group and they're actually anchoring you down more so than anything. And so rate, review the show, do all that fun stuff. Until next week, guys, keep kicking ass. Take care.